Downloads of this show are available on Potomatic.com and the Potomatic mobile app. Hi, this is Nikki Luna. And I'm Aaron Black, and we're from Love is Amazing, but it's also bullshit and could get you murdered. You're listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. that you just said you really don't know no i barely know what i just said <laughs> what is what is hola. Hola. what is hola hola, hola. 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 Or is it holding something um <laughs> i said my name is diego diego which is james is it spanish what, what is alan in spanish alan or it probably okay it'd probably be like I'm feeling all punchy today on Lost and Rewound. This is yet another Thursday edition for your minds to be blown away by. Your ears blown into. Thanks again for joining us on the show, 3 or 4 p.m. every Thursday on Radio Free Brooklyn on the RFB app for Android or iPhone. If you don't have those apps yet, please download them. RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash iPhone or RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Android. Listen to us on the go. Yeah, be a robot. Just just listen to robotic things like us. <laughs> but we're human. But it's like it's, they weren't in your brain. Lost and Rewound is the weekly dive into old audio from the yesteryears, and every week is a different week between music and talk and all everything in between. So yeah. if you have anything you want to submit to the show, Lost and Rewound at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org is the address to reach out with all of your commentary and interventions. And we don't come to you for free. This is equipment. It costs money. Like lots of money. So if you want to help bring and keep the station afloat, you can donate to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. You can do it directly to our show as well at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash L-A-R. Yeah, there's a button that says on the page, sponsor this show, and you could be a sponsor. And uh, we'd love to have your name all adorned on awe, a plaque talking about how this show is great. Yeah, you donate enough money, and we'll build a small sculpture of you in the lobby. We are a 501c3, so thanks for donating to the arts, the uh, non-for-profit organization of Radio Free Brooklyn. Finally, if you want to keep in touch with Radio Free Brooklyn with all of the new events that are coming up, ticket giveaways, um, special offers, etc., don't hesitate to go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. Our newsletter is Radio Free Brooklyn, R-E-A-D-I-O. <laughs> Free Brooklyn. And yes, sign up uh, for that. You will only get an email once a month. We won't spam your inbox more than once a month. If you consider spamming once a month, then I'm very sorry for you. Um, So we won't bother you about that. But there's a lot of good things coming up, especially coming up before the end of the summer. So stay tuned. A lot of things coming up before the end of this hour. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's get to it. This week's edition of Lost and Rewound. Radio Free Brooklyn. (laughs) 
Returning to the show, it's our pal Nicky Luna. Hey, hey. And with him, joining him today, is his co-host for a very funny podcast called Love is Amazing, But It's Also Bullshit and Might Get You Murdered. You can hear all the episodes up on SoundCloud. It's hysterical. Aaron Black. Welcome. Hey! Welcome. Welcome. Hey. Thank you so much. You guys, like, I feel like all of the, the night creeping into the room. We've got the man of the moon and the man of black. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we bring the darkness. That's, uh, that's exactly the vibe we were going for. Yeah. How did you guys meet anyway? I don't think I even know. Oh, my God. You want to say this? Yeah. Yeah. I totally want to say it. So, uh, <laughs> Nikki Luna is my ex-brother-in-law. He, so, Whoa. he married my sister. <laughs> And uh, oh god, this is like podcast material, right? Yeah, now. <laughs> oh, yeah, so yeah, so he married my sister and um, uh, apparently fell in love and they got married and then it didn't work out. So, <laughs> but while they were married, me and Nick actually like kind of had a plutonically fell in love, a little bromance. Yeah, we, hey. were, we, we were doing a lot of creative things, we did a lot of sketches together. And uh, when I moved back, I was living in LA, and when I moved back to New York. Um, I wanted to start this podcast, was a big true crime fan, and uh, didn't know shit about how to do it, but Nick did. Uh-huh. So we got together, we Nothing hooked up, gets. and uh, yes. Well, we didn't hook up, hook up. I mean, face it, there was a little bit of spooning involved yeah. in the laptop technology of, like, trying to spoon the wires together. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yes. You know what, Nick? I'm, I'm tired of keeping this a secret. <laughs> <laughs> so I, why are you ashamed yeah, of telling so me about I, I, The question is, why are you here and not Jerry Springer? Or <laughs> yeah, exactly. Steve, Steve Wilkos. <laughs> <laughs> so you're basically the equivalent of, uh, of me, and Nikki is the equivalent of uh, Doug Johnson, our old producer for the show, because... I didn't know jack shit about how to start a podcast Mm -hmm. and when we did start the podcast Jimmy and I were kind of the Luddites if you will and Doug was definitely like the tech expert in in, in the ability to know how to like get it off the ground and like at least have the right gear so once you if you know somebody who has the right gear and you've got the mind for a crazy podcast idea minds will meld and create something magical I so didn't know what I was doing that I couldn't even explain it. Like I would, <laughs> I would go up to people and be like, "I want to do a thing where my voice is on the internet, talking about stuff." Like I couldn't even <laughs> tell people what I wanted to do. Um, but Nick knew exactly. Oh, he was like, he could like decipher the shit I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah like uh, I'm like the Aaron Black Whisperer. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's also hilarious. So when we started doing the podcast. Um, you know, he was just really great and we're doing it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm very grateful to know that you guys were, are able to join forces like mm-hmm. Jimmy and I every week here on the show, you know, being able to have that chemistry and dynamic duo, good rapport mm-hmm. I, I, so as a guest of the show in the past. I'm very grateful to have uh, been a guest on the show mm-hmm. uh, and getting a chance to see that uh, first up close in person. But my question is why true crime? I've always been a fan of true crime, like, especially podcasts, Sword and Scale, true crime all the time. Is that where it began, though, or was it watching the television shows first? Forensic Files. Fucking Forensic Files. Uh, right. yes. You may curse. All right, cool. All the live long day. Excellent. Fucking Forensic Files. <laughs> forensic Files, I think I watched all of them, and I started to get to the point where the ones that I loved were the ones where, like, it started good, like a relationship, and then someone got betrayed, you know, it's like... 
that I, I don't know. Are you it, like it, Lifetime as well? Yeah, Snap. Oh, oh my yeah, Snap's this is good. A lot, yeah. a lot of like, oh, no. gone yeah. are the days of the Lifetime movies. Yeah. Now it's actual life uh, <laughs> life lessons to be learned. Yeah. Well, to be fair, the last Lifetime movie I watched was a couple months ago, and it was the biopic about the uh, friendship of the Corys, Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. And it was told from a somewhat biased perspective, kind of from the Feldman side, where they kind of <laughs> painted Corey Haim as like a real bad dude. And uh, Corey Feldman's like, hey, I'm just trying to help you, man. The tale of two Corey. It sounds like they... that, that is what it was called. <laughs> <laughs> On the nose, Jim. <laughs> Wait, so, but there's no true crime oh, involved God. in that. Well, that's why. Well, there is, though, there because is. they got molested. They're yeah. going to yeah. do that, they're gonna do that Ghostbusters 3 Slimer yeah. <laughs> backstory movie. Yeah, right. right? Like, who was he? Who is this guy? Why does he love pizza so much? You know? It clearly fascinated you that much to a degree that you wanted to make a show about it. Do you remember when you were younger, when you were, even before Forensic Files, being really fascinated by a certain TV show that kept you enraptured week after week? I mean, I was always kind of, like, into that dark shit. Like, even my humor, it's, like, it's it's a lot of, like, shit that people... Sometimes I, I do these comics on Instagram, and I get, like, these uh, instant messages where people are like, don't kill yourself. You know, like, that's the <laughs> type of humor I, I go to. And I've always been interested in this dark side of people's psychology you know it's like serial killers like what the fuck what is going on in their head like that's what i uh always been interested in you know like how can they do what they do can we use them and like can they be like a somehow like instead of you know locking them up can we employ them somehow and they could be the people that could kill the people that we don't want living anymore you know, for, like, a good uh, cause. Setting them you know? loose. Exactly. <laughs> sort of a uh, running man type scenario. <laughs> you know, Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter actually said that in, in one of the movies. He says, any reasonable society would have put me to death or, like, put me to work, you know? So, I say put him to work. I've never been as avid true crime fan as Aaron, but... One thing that I do love is a poorly made reenactment. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. And I love them so much. They make my heart smile. And then also, like, with regard to the premise of our show, since, you know, it's about crimes of passion, it's basically situations where a perfectly rational person does something irrational, as opposed to, like, you know, other true crime shows that focus on deranged serial killers and whatnot. A perfectly rational person doing something irrational. I wouldn't say they're all rational. I would uh, say some of them are off their fucking rockers. A couple of them, at least. But, uh, yeah, but but he's right, though. It's like it's kind of like um, these people that you think, in the beginning of the episode, you're like, okay, this could have been like a person that, like, if they encountered me in my life, I would have been friends with them, or, or at least acquaintances. It's like that everyday person pushed to this level where they kind of, you know, make a decision that ends up killing somebody. Hey, sometimes you gotta get a little murdery. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy, have you ever been interested in any of that stuff at all? Has any of that ever stuck with you? I mean, I've never really been much into horror, but I do like suspense films, so I always really dug that movie Seven. Right, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's in the box? What's in the box? And almost every girl that I've dated has really been like fascinated in a lot with those shows. They're always like, oh god, and they're like watching all these crime, like Criminal Minds sure. and stuff like that. 
I don't want to bring it out of myself. <laughs> I try to steer clear of the murder. Yeah. Because watching a lot of these shows, you ask yourself eventually, like, am I capable of doing something? Could I get pushed to a point where I just absolutely snap? I think a lot of these cases that we profile, it's just they're on trial for their lives for like a moment of their life mm-hmm. where they just fucking lose it yeah you know and it makes you wonder like could i do it sometimes when i'm in traffic i like bang on my dashboard and one time i broke my ac like that is what (laughs) instead of doing yeah i was in i was in traffic one time and i got so fucking fed up with the traffic were you in new york or still in in la but i punched the ac and i broke it and one of my friends was like your ac broken i was like yeah i think i have a problem and, like, <laughs> instead of being in traffic, could that turn into murder, right? Valid question. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many broken yeah, air... Good way to, like, hope you leave that open end. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many broken air conditioners just show up to shops because somebody banged right, like, punched right <laughs> through yeah. it uh, in L.A. traffic. The, the 405 could, I think, you know, drive anybody to, uh, you know, basically beat a person to death, I think. Well, you know what's interesting is that I, I'm not really fascinated, I feel like, as much with murder and, like, the crime scenes and stuff like that. And, but mm-hmm. as much as I'm very fascinated with prison. Oh, Lock <laughs> Up is my favorite I, I show. all the prison shows, and, I, yeah. and, and that whole concept to me is very like blah. yeah and then also i'm really into um organized crime these people oh like, yeah and passion come on yeah well, somebody's like kill that guy because he stepped on my shoes yeah <laughs> <laughs> like that yeah. to me yeah is somehow or like you know they're like you know he didn't make a stand so yeah. you know he killed him outside the clam house he owned or something <laughs> that to me is more ridiculous I think that's why the things that you're talking about to me, like they they hit too close to home mm-hmm. because you're like, yeah, I could see how someone could do something so terrible. Right. And like I, I'm not myself. How you think? Yeah. But then you're like, but then you're like, yeah, but I'm so far away from like, hey, Jimmy Two Tones, go over here, yeah, take yeah. him, take him down tower. You know? Yeah, like so. Yeah, Jimmy Two Times, I'm gonna go get the papers, get the papers. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, and then I'm also equally fascinated with. Uh, World War Two. Mm, me uh, too. Yeah, because of those Nazis, they're they're creepy. We, oh, they're the so creepy. Mm. I think we could be great friends someday. I mean, I think well, you're. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, this was meant to be, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So good. I'm glad that we have more bromances blossoming mm-hmm. in the future, uh, and the fact that uh, there there's certainly enough interest in both crime shows and prison shows now. Uh, there's uh, maybe uh, what's it called? A little bit of. A binge watch in the future. Yeah, um, you know, I think they need to make a French word for that, like binge watch. A binge watch. That would be like a really like hip way to say. Yeah, it's a Spanish word for binge watch. I don't know. Well, my, well to watch something would be um. Moy, moy is a uh, mucho. Mucho is one of the words. For that saying, <laughs> yes, yeah, that means a lot. Yeah. A word that binge, binge a lot. Well like, well, like, mucho mira. Yeah, I was gonna mm-hmm. say mirar is like is mm-hmm. is to watch, but when you speak in Spanish, the like to watch is the, how we say to see, mm-hmm. and then to see is ver. So I think it would be like ver more to watch. Dude, don't you ver mucho? That's you... what I'm saying. Yeah, but you don't. Uh, no, so it'd be this... like vea. It'd be like, but I don't know what binge is. Oh, right. Mm. You have to use like a, oh, a drug word. You know what I think it is? I think it's or mucho. In a, dic- a dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's mucho. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> so no, no lie. Hearing y'all talking about these recreation shows, the the fact that I have done enough acting in my adult life that I could say that I've done a handful of them. Mm-hmm. I've done. Uh, I've been on Disappeared. Which is, I think, a show on investigate was a show on investigation discovery. These shows may not even be around anymore. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah, we're very familiar with them though. Disappeared, <laughs> disappeared, disappeared. I didn't show up, but like my visage did because they weren't like showing like people's faces. They were just like every. I think the whole point is is that nobody's faces are actually shown except for the actual person who disappeared. As a, as a sort of Dude, that'd be hilarious if it was just you with a faded out face of like this person <laughs> and, like, and died and wasn't actually the person and you got paid for that. Um, another one was Monsters Inside Me. Oh, I love that show. Dude, that show was great. Monsters yeah. Inside but Me. Monsters Inside Me is oh, the most double on time ever of like awful. Yeah, it, they, they just profile awful like douchebag boyfriends. Monsters Inside Me. <laughs> uh, I didn't watch the whole episode, but yo, they get some grody ass stories. I mean, the one that we had was a walk in the park in comparison because mm. it was a woman who uh, I guess had accidentally ingested while pregnant, no less, raw lamb. Or something like that and so like she got like some bacteria infection that like affected her birth and the son like almost like was gonna die or something so the the, the graphics that they were showing weren't even that gruesome yeah per se but it was still like uh, alongside did the other get, did you get infected in the story i was playing the husband so i were was you the that... lamb were you the raw lamb that <laughs> she ate yeah we, we we did get to eat some uh non-raw <laughs> lamb what so, else um, so, um dude oh. I, I saw monsters inside me where a guy got like bit by a tick and got the bubonic plague oh, <laughs> that's, that's what you come to expect yeah. that show um, yeah, and, then he, and then he like went oh, to then he went oh, to um long island and recovered yeah. Oh, well, good for him. He's like, man, you know, I had a little plague. That was not good. <laughs> yeah. And, um, of course, one cannot uh, forget Frenemies. Oh, sh- oh you were on Frenemies? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. We I have starstruck, Elon. Yeah. <laughs> we got a real celebrity. Uh, so, me and Nick, we like this show called Fatal Vows. It's our favorite. Fatal and, Vows? And, yeah, and it's perfect for our show. So, the beginning of the show, the saying is, like, they have this tagline, and it goes, marriage is love. Marriage is bliss. Marriage is bliss, but divorce is murder. And you go, it's the exact fucking opposite. If these people got divorced, they wouldn't have been murdered. You know? <laughs> and, and, right. Oh, and the, the reenactments are so good. They're so wiggy. I love yeah, it. Yeah. They're like, I'm so angry I could murder you. You know? <laughs> I need, you know? <laughs> oh, boy. I have a very real question for you guys, then. Mm-hmm. I've thought about this before. Have you ever had an instance where, like... You maybe had a hookup or someone that you dated and maybe something happened or it was the beginning or, or, or any moment throughout any time you were ever with someone where you thought or wondered and, and like went to bed and were like, I kind of hope they don't murder me. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Um, uh, <laughs> And 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 everyone's laughing at this, but Nick is being one hundred percent serious. I every girl I've ever known he dated could totally be capable of murder. But 
Yeah, like, we're I, all I, capable of murdering. We're all capable of suppressing some, some it. Some people are more. <laughs> yeah. But, hey, hey, I like them smart. Yeah. But but <laughs> the girls he dates are right on the surface. You know, they, they all it takes is like uh, you leave the pickle jar unpickled. <laughs> you leave the pickle jar not on the not on the unscrewed. glass unscrewed, unscrewed to the jar and that's it. And unpickled. You want pickled? Yeah. You these pickles in the yeah. cucumbers, you fuck. And, 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 and it's a can opener right in the eye. <laughs> you know, I've definitely dated my fair share uh, of women where um, I've done something (laughs) that to me seemed incredibly benign and turned into the biggest shit show (laughs) of the century. And I'm like, what do you mean? I just did nothing. And then they were like, nothing! And then like it was, yeah. And um, I've learned how to be like the UN. Calm hostility. <laughs> if only every relationship, even in its most hostile of times, could be somewhat diplomatic. I, I am, have not been lucky enough to have such a, uh, a a scary incident happen where I almost got killed by a significant other. But that uh, will hopefully never happen. Yeah. Well. Well. I will just say something quick off the cuff. That <laughs> I did have one time where I was out at a bar and I saw a friend of mine. Oh, actually, I saw my roommate. And I had moved in this place, and um, I was like, hey, so funny running into you at the bar, buddy. And, like, it wasn't near where we lived. It was was funny. And then he was like, oh, yeah, dude. And he was like, did you hear what happened to our other roommates? And I was like, what? He's like, one of them stabbed the other one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and they were, uh, we had roommates that were, like, a boyfriend girlfriend that lived in the apartment. Who stabbed who? Uh, So the, the boyfriend had punched the girlfriend in the face. Not cool. Yeah, not cool at all. So she stabbed him. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> and, then, and then he called the cops on himself, and he sent himself to prison. Oh, and he, well, that's noble. Yeah. Yeah, and then she didn't press charges, so he was back a couple of days later. Uh, was, I don't. I don't think he did it out of a sense of uh, nobility. I think he fucked up. Yeah. Has anybody seen that movie with um, it's Cameron Diaz and and Tom Cruise? Oh, Vanilla Sky, where he's like she's like crazy, and like they're driving in the car and. She's like, you came in my mouth, and then she pulls the uh, uh, steering, wheel. steering wheel off a bridge, and like he all these brown things, <laughs> yeah, and, and and like he uh, he ends up getting like pretty disfigured. Yeah, he gets vanilla skied. And every time I see that, just because he came in her mouth. Well, that was part of it. Like you know, like it, what, she, <laughs> what she meant was like that means you love her and you shouldn't disrespect her. I think that's what she was saying. Huh? But you know, and then but you see stuff like that, and you see like relationships like that. And on the one hand, I'm like that's insane. But on the other hand, I was like, I just want someone to love me that much that they would like. You know, be in a car and drive well, off a bridge because I, and vanilla sky you and vanilla yeah, sky I, me. It's like this. I've thought about that. I don't know that I want someone to love me that much. And there was times that I felt like, oh, I do, but then I'm like, no, I really don't mm-hmm. because it's that same way that I've thought it would be cool to have fame, but I would never want the amount of fame that someone would want to assassinate me. Yeah, true. Or equally, the amount of fame where like people are like praising you like a god. Right. Mm. It's a little bit too, you know, deity status. A little bit too much for me. I, you know, I could get carried in the litter, <laughs> but it's like you know, it's got to be a status thing, not a. 
Yeah, I'm sure. It. Like the whole deity thing. I don't know how Kanye does it. <laughs> you, you, you guys are so noble with turning down the steady status, which is clearly going to happen if you just let it. But you don't want it. I understand. I get it. I personally think I could handle it if if it came to me. But I don't want to. You know. So uh, you know. I mean, I tell people all the time, don't treat me like a god, and they're like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> I'm thinking that my most likely one is like a C-3PO. Me hanging out with little bears. <laughs> Telling stories kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, little bears. Um, may we all have uh, may, may, much success with the opposite sex uh, or, or the preferred sex as we get older and that they will not uh, try and murder us. You're married, aren't you? I am. All right, cool. So you're you're all set. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, I, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> you're on the steps to murder. Yeah. So remember that, uh, you know, uh, love is bliss, but divorce is murder. But w- remember that, but also think the opposite. I hope that uh, I never have to uh, <laughs> do either of those things. Yeah, oh, but never get murdered. No, <laughs> that's, a good, uh, that's a good thought to have. This has been great. Let's take a quick uh, breather from all of this laugh festing, and we will return after this short segue with clips. Some clips from both Aaron and from Nick. This is Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Stick around. And Nicholas Luna, our guests of the hour. If you want to listen to Nick's previous episode, along with many of our other previous episodes, you can hear those um, all over the place, really. But first start at lostandrewound.podomatic.com. That's where you can find all of our Radio Free Brooklyn fare. We're also up on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. Uh, Nick, you brought more clips. Oh, yes, I did. You brought more clips, to, as opposed to all the... Clips? So the last time you were here about that episode, um, <clears throat> you had brought uh, clips from your underground hip-hop past, and these are tracks uh, from a group that you had in high school called Nonlinear, mm-hmm. based out of... Uh, not, where in Arkansas? Uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas. Fayetteville, Arkansas. Yeah. So is it nonlinear like the, like the delicious Indian bread? No, it is very much not, but it is spelled very interestingly. Okay. In accordance with Lost and Rewound's way that we normally go about this, you know, if we have return guests, you can even go farther back, or in your case, we're kind of moving forward in the timeline. What's this first track we're going to be listening to, and why is it called Anal Mix? Well, the the, the full title, I believe, is Anal Blast 95. All right. Um, <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> 
And uh, so this is like after high school, um, I moved to Tucson with uh, my girlfriend at the time, Lucy, and my friend Tim. Myself and my friend Tim were musical partners for years upon years. Did like 40-something musical projects together. And this was like one of the first beats that myself and Tim made where I thought to myself, I was like, man, I just made a banger. Ooh, what year is this? Uh, I'm going to say 2006. Just ain't blasting somebody right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Blast it. That was truly a banger. (laughs) Right? That was like right around the time in my music making where my ideology was to keep it grimy. You know, lots of distorted synths and whatnot. But it was a funny track in the sense that uh, myself and my friend Tim discovered how to record stuff in halftime in Pro Tools. So hence the uh, Esteban style guitar solo all the way through it. One of the things that's amazing is that when you finally do discover how to do some really amazing like when you're able to find like a hoop to jump through on the technical tip and you just want to like completely just (laughs) overdo it but because you know oh i 
ace this. I'm going to go full in, a hundred percent. Yeah, monster inside you. <laughs> That's what happens anytime that somebody hands me like a really nice piece of equipment. Yeah. Like, like we could be like a really nice camera. I'm like, I'll be back in like five minutes. <laughs> like what? I'm like, you know. And then they're like, send me whatever I took. So that there was a little bit of Spanish guitar. There was saxophone. Yeah, yeah. Like the saxophone guy, I like randomly met at like a coffee shop or a bar or something. I don't know. Well, at the time I was like 19 or 20, so I kidnapped him. I put him in the truck of my car. He woke up. I said, "Play the fucking sax." True story. It could no. I mean, I, that would have been good if that story turned out. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I wish. I wish my life was. And, then, oh, I, yeah, and then I chopped the guy up and I put him in the floorboard. <laughs> and then the song really has meaning. That's why I said it was grimy instead of wavy. 2006. 2006. A man named Nick Luna is making music somewhere in Arizona. He needs to find a musician, but he's not sure where to get it. He finds and makes friends with, and then whatever the saxophone. The sexy thing. sax man. The sexy sax man. He goes and he finds him on Friday night. The account follows. Yeah, I mean, I was just, you know, I was just doing my mind my own business, and he seemed really nice, and he was <laughs> telling me about his hot new track that he was coming out with. He's just calling it, like, Anal Mix or something, or Anal Blast 95. <laughs> the next thing you know, he's in the backseat of the car and being taken to a secret location. <laughs> true, 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 true. Post chloroform. It was called. It was called anal blast. But little did I know that name turned out to be not so funny after, <laughs> after I recorded that track. And the music that they have for those those. Sorry, not 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 to go back to it for a minute, but I really sometimes the music that they decide, like whoever is like music director for all those like vignettes where they're talking about these things are so bad oh yeah they should have contacted you and played that song instead a little anal blast all over the place <laughs> or just you know i mean you're clearly you know doing a lot of this instrumental work back then um did you ever see yourself making music for art or in a way that was maybe for meant for tv or, or for movies i mean obviously you are a director so a lot of the music that you were making uh, wasn't necessarily connected with the films that you were making uh, at that point i wasn't really doing uh very much film work but you know as my musical career i guess progressed uh you know went more into scoring and doing things like that for film okay the next track that we're going to be playing here is called intro does that have anything to do with uh the film or is this more of a continuation of what we just heard before it's sort of a continuation from that in tucson i uh basically produced like an 18 song uh rap album with my friend webb uh slash his mc name was uh test one and, okay and this was the it's intro to that album what was the group's name uh it was his solo it was album. Te test one test one yeah I, I was gonna say that's a pretty dope uh name for a rapper uh tucson rap scene I mean, like, out of everyone in the scene at the time, I would say that Webb, Test One, was, like, the best guy out there. Like, his style was crazy. Fair enough. Dude, I feel like if I was from Tucson, my rap name would be Tuckson. Oh, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, uh, there's some other Tucson rappers of note that I'll say, like Isaiah Two-Taker. My homie. Love that guy. All right. And he's great. Anyway. What about uh, Cactus Juice? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that would be my name. <laughs> I, 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 would, I would be uh, 
arid behavior. <laughs> dude, Arizona's a wild place, man. Oh, yeah. This, this Zona, dude. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it gets going. And Tucson is like 30 minutes or 45 minutes north of Mexico. So it gets pretty loose. Yeah, what, absolutely. What can we expect from this track? Uh, so it's the intro. So we kind of like introduce it. And it has kind of like a church vibe type thing. Church vibe. And then you kind of see like the sort of fire and energy that he comes with. I was uh, not actually expecting there to be rhyming in that intro, but good enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that dude's rapping. And you were doing the uh, intro voice, obviously. No, 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 that was him. That, was... You, that sounds exactly like you. I, I think I did like the little ad-libs, like the maybes and stuff, but yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, that, that was all web, man. And that kind of like set the whole tone for the album. It turned out very well. Found out years after the fact, though, that he never had a copy of it after I moved from Tucson, which was weird. How does that work out? <laughs> I don't when, know, but when I, the, the the actual artist doesn't have a copy of his own music. It, it was weird. I I'm almost positive I gave it to him before I moved because basically we finished the album and then I moved to Austin like a week later. But then I found out after the fact now that he was like living in Portland. A friend of mine, my friend Tim, actually from the other project, uh, ran into him and was like, "Yeah, Webb doesn't have a copy of this album," and I felt that was a grave injustice. So. I sent him everything, all the source files and everything. Word. Yeah. Dude. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm just being honest here, you know? Like, not my finest moment. Not your finest moment in in the in the on the business end of things. Sure, like I, I honestly thought he had a copy of it. Hey, it's, it's happened. I, I I was the DP for this film, and I've never seen it. <laughs> I heard it was good. My buddy was like, "Oh, it looked beautiful, dude." I was like, "I fucking hope so." <laughs> what was the film called? It's called That Dirty Water. Oh, right. it's about Boston. You know, mm. that's, that's a class. That's a Boston phrase they say a lot there. It's about oxycodone. It was about two dudes, um, I think, trying to, like, get out of drug dealing and, like, get, oh. get into something else. I don't really remember. I was just shooting. In college. I only did one student film, and I really don't know why I only did one. I really, if I had more of a head on my shoulders that wasn't so, like, deep, knee-deep in, like, thinking I should only, or head-deep, rather, in only doing stage productions, I would have definitely reached out to all the people I knew in the film department and been like, yo, hit me up. And this one, yeah. this one dude hit me up in senior year, and the f- only time I've ever shaved all of my hair was in my senior year. 
and like down to the your, I, like, dude, I, crack? I played like a U.S. Army soldier, like mm-hmm. uh, in the like uh, my character was in the U.S. Army, and I had to wear the whole camo and walk into a supermarket to run some errands, and some woman actually said, "Thank you for your service." Yeah. While you were wearing camo, but you were, were you wearing facial camo too? No, okay. <laughs> but, but, but I, I was like, that would have been so weird if you're like sneaking in with facial camo, like paint on it. She's like, thank you for your service. You're like, legit, y'all. You're like, I filmed it in Newburgh, right around where I'm from originally, in uh, the Hudson Valley. The guy who was directing it, who went to college with me. Uh, lived there and uh, we filmed by his home and uh, we filmed for a weekend filmed at Stewart International Airport I remember there was that scene where I'm lying there dead I guess it was supposed to be like a flashback uh, for the majority of the film and then it ends with me like lying uh, supposedly on like the war front and there's blood coming out of my mouth or something I don't remember exactly and I wish I could but unfortunately that jackass fucking lost the film and I never saw it. Yeah. So the first, the first time I ever did a student film and I was never able to see it because he totally fl- flaked yeah, out. And he's still happens. working in film, so mazel tov to him, but fuck that, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. You had people who were depending on you and you were totally out of... Anyway, there's, I, there's I a, get it. I, get, I absolutely I, get it. Yeah, there was a movie I was in where I played a cannibal and ate a guy. I didn't get to see that either. <laughs> I, I, uh, I was an extra one time and... Uh, my job was to walk across a kitchen and eat a pretzel, and I ate 400 fucking pretzels that night. Oh, and, and then the director and somebody else had a huge fight. Because you ate all the pretzels. I, maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, don't, we, hired this we don't have the budget anymore for this continuity. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, I never saw it. Apparently, it was about time travel, and uh, that was it. That's the end of my story. Wait, whoa, wait, wait. <laughs> that was you. Would you <laughs> You're the pretzel, the pretzel guy eating person in Time Hop sixty three thousand. No. Nah. <laughs> like, what was your method? That well, you know, like I was thinking, what would a person like me be doing at this party eating pretzels? And I'm like, all right, well, maybe I'm hungry, but maybe I'm not hungry. Maybe I want to talk to a girl who's by the pretzel bowl. Maybe I don't. Maybe I do. Maybe I just want to like look at the pretzel and save it for later and put it in my pocket. I don't know. You're like a pretzel saving kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. Your process is crazy. Yeah. Aaron, you you strike me as a conservative pretzel eating fellow. I don't play fast and loose with no, pretzels. No, nobody yeah. should. I mean, salted, unsalted. This is a dangerous game. Let's get to this next track, and this is an indie group that you were involved in that was not related to hip-hop not related to hip-hop it was uh basically like the main band i was in in tucson and it was called uh indiana tones that assemble a tune <laughs> I, like, I like how i let it up that up to it is indie rock but like in fact what i meant to say was indiana tones was the name of the group yeah yeah like yeah so for short we were called indiana tones so it was myself and then my friend tim he was on it's a very, it's a very good band name, dude. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I was working on Whole Foods. Spent the whole day thinking of that band name. I played like keyboards and MPC in it. Like MPC is like a drum machine type thing. And I got my MPC when my godmother, whom I didn't even know I had one, passed away. So I got like this MPC, and then like a week later, I broke my knee. So I was like bedridden for like six months, and basically learned how to use this drum machine. You were the bedroom producer, literally, because literally. you could not move, but you perfected the art of using it. Mahogany Manifold. That's yeah. a, these song titles are great. Queen Mother, Mahogany Manifold, Catapult Calypso. 
Yeah, I mean, like, in an instrumental band, you can really call the songs anything. That's true. Like, we had this song called I Pee Out of My Butt. All right. Yeah. There was a band that uh, I knew in college called Sweatpants Boners. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Great name. Yeah. That's a college band name if I ever heard it. Almost I mean, definitely. That's basically every dude who's getting up for um, you know meals on a Saturday morning at the dining hall. Yeah. I'm going to pitch this one now. Okay. I've been, harping on, I've been I'm harping on this, this band name for so long, and people unanimously hate it. <laughs> All right. I still love it. Still think it's fantastic. Hamwing. Hamwing? Hamwing, man. Fucking <laughs> right. hamwing. I could get down with some hamwing. This, this, ham this, this show is a hamwing. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm telling you, man, it's just, it makes you think. It's <laughs> <laughs> a head scratcher. No delay. Let's get to Mahogany Manifold by Indiana Tones, recorded on June 11th, 2008. This is the first song that we all wrote together when I joined the band, and it's really special to us, and we want to share it with you all tonight.
Trippy. Where was that being played? That was in Tucson at Club Congress, which is the club underneath Hotel Congress. Okay. In my opinion, in Tucson, it's like one of the best venues to play. Or like the, like, that's the venue that people will, that with their band, that musicians will go to to play. Yeah. Like, like the number one pick or something. Yeah, like one of the number one venues there where like all the big touring bands and stuff sure. play. And like the guy that was the booker there for some reason like really liked us. So for like all the shows, they had all these like bubble machines and smoke machines and like intelligent lighting and stuff in the basement. And they would like bring it up and like set it up for our shows. And That's super dope. Yeah, it was super nice of them. And, you know, that band, it was myself. And then my friend Tim from, you know, those other tracks right. that we played. And then our lead synth player was uh, Nick Letson. Who is who we heard earlier. Yeah. There. yeah. We had a female bass player named Ashley. And she wore like, uh, you know, cute little sundresses and, you know, all around good bass player. What does it feel like to listen to these tracks 10 years later? Even like while I was preparing for this show, like going through all this old music, I guess I forgot about a lot of this stuff and hadn't really revisited it in a very long time. You know, and it just reminds me of, a you know, a time and a place where, you know, I was still learning about music and learning who I was and all, all these things. I don't know. It's very nostalgic. Aaron, our final track of the hour is from your collection. Yes. We have one sole track from your right. past, mm -hmm. of which we are about to have the privilege of listening to from when you were 17. Yeah, it was either uh, 16 or 17. And it was with uh, a couple good friends of mine and my sister, Emmy. My ex-wife. Yep. Next ex-wife. Yikes! <laughs> and, uh, and my friend, his name is Eddie Bernard, best friend. You know, so it was uh, basically a night of just hanging out. We smoked a, uh, a lot of weed. I don't smoke weed anymore, but we got high then. You know, I was listening to a lot of G-Funk, and I wanted to combine basically what Dre did on The Chronic with the politically infused lyrics of Ice Cube and um, Run DMC. But I also wanted to kind of like put in the political imagery of Bjork and the Talking Heads. So okay. I just wanted to set that up for you. Bjork, played. Talking Heads, big fan of G-Funk. Oh, where did you grow up? New Jersey. You grew up in New Jersey. So yeah. this was happening in New Jersey, New Jersey in high school. Yep. A bunch of friends just kicking it and getting high and listening to uh, Talking Heads and Bjork Bjor and, and Warren G. -Funk. G. Yeah, uh, uh, Warren G, G-Funk, um, you know, uh, Easy e uh, NWA, all that stuff. That's So that's where the um, influence is coming from. Stone! Aaron, I'm gonna tell you something so goddamn funny, you're gonna laugh your ass off right now! We put that goddamn water in your cereal corn! There was no milk in there! Me and Eddie ran out of the milk while we were eating our cereal! So we replaced your milk with water! Water, I say! How hilarious is that? You know I knew that shit was gross before. Can't believe you did that shit. That milk with disgusting sucked my dick. The funny part was you didn't know. You ate that shit head to toe. I don't know what you're gonna do. But all I know is that you ate that cereal with the water. Water. And you didn't know you ate the whole 
anymore. I'm just saying because I don't know any sitting next to me. Yeah, Aaron. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> <Not> you. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Aaron, the fucking excited southern. Okay. Aaron can do it perfectly. I was John. I don't fear. I don't. I don't know. But there was a car. He never cut me off. Can I have mayonnaise and mustard on? That makes my own soft. Gotta get the cholesterol. Not too much sauce. Not not too much sauce. Not too much sauce. Just just a little bit. What I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is that's so funny. Have you changed it all? Super seventeen. Your voice sounds exactly the same. Did you really eat that whole bowl of cereal? I did. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, just like you know, sorry. that whole thing about like the influences that was a bit. I didn't. I, I didn't get. <laughs> Uh, there was nothing influenced about that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> there was no trace of Dr. Dre. There was no trace of Bjork. There was no trace of maybe a little Talking bit. heads. No, no, there wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, uh, much drugs being imbibed. What kind of cereal was it? Cheerios? Honey Nut Cheerios. <sighs> or fire. Yeah, I think yeah, it was that, Honey that, Nut Cheerios. That, 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 that's a fire munchie right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With water? Oh, you must have been baked out of your gourd. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, not only did I eat it, but I didn't know. In fact, on that song is when I found out when when uh, Eddie sang about it. It was great because the way he said it was so matter of fact. Yeah. Hey, you want great? You're gonna make really laugh right now. Yeah. Yeah. I have eaten cereal with water before because there was a time where I wasn't drinking any milk, so um, it doesn't taste that bad. It's not bad. It's, it's whatever, I mean, you know? I would yeah, much, I'd much rather be just eating the cereal without anything whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I think that's fine. Yeah, I'd, yeah. Rather, I'd rather eat a little bone-dry cereal. Bone-dry cereal. Like I'm in the cereal and desert. So, yeah. <laughs> soggy. Soggy Cheerios. Sometimes that's it's where it's like the cereal in Dune. <laughs> There's some cereal that it Keep gets better when it's soggy. Until somebody actually reads it. Wait, what, what cereal? Yeah, yeah, what do you think? Hmm. Captain Crunch? No. Oh, well, yeah, because it does need to be a bit soggy because Captain Crunch, when it's dry, will cut your mouth. For what? Real? What are you talking about? Max. <laughs> no, it's true. Some of them are too are too tough. You, yeah. you need to soften them up. Yeah. Isn't the whole point of those sugary cereals that like once they do hit the milk, it just basically creates a soggy nightmare that you will uh, never, that you can't ever get out of your mouth? Well, Lucky mm-hmm. Charms, I think, also like the charms like dissolve a lot into the water into yeah. the milk, so mm. the milk gets very very sugary. Or like yeah, Fruit Loops or any 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 of the fruity stuff. You know, whoever decided to put. Marshmallows and cereal just like hated parents. Because... <laughs> Dude, they're not even real marshmallows. Come on. Yeah, real. but but still, like you know, like forget about it. You give a five-year-old that, and he's gonna be taking a marker and drawing on your yeah. walls and shit. You want to hear a bombshell? I don't think I've eaten cereal in seven, eight years. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mind exploding. That's, that's right up there with, like, you know, Waco and did, you know, Suge Knight uh, get easy I, eights, I, you know? I'm telling you, they're going to bring me on Kimmel and be like, wait a second. We just heard, yeah. we got a guy in Brooklyn somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> heard he hasn't eaten cereal in eight years. This is news. 
We have no more time left. We've expired all of our energies and laughter and excitement, but hopefully we will be able to pick this back up again. Uh, I know that I will be back on the show, actually, coming up in uh, uh, several episodes from now. When could people expect new episodes up of uh, Love Tuesday. is Amazing? Every yeah. Tuesday? Every Tuesday. And they can go to SoundCloud. Where else are you on? Uh, uh, iTunes as well? Or? Yeah, we're everywhere. We're iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast. Podknife. Uh, Pod night. What? That's a thing? <laughs> yeah, it's a thing that That's we yeah, made that up. That's an indie rock song. We're like on places that we didn't even like sign up for. Yeah. It's it's weird. But also you can check us out at our website, uh loveisamazing.com. And then we're on Twitter and Instagram at uh Love is Amazing, yo. 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 Nick 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 Nicky Luna here with Aaron <laughs> Black on Lost Dirty Wound for this week's edition. Uh that'll do it for Jimmy and I. Thanks so much again for joining us, the one person or several people who uh, were so lucky enough to listen to this very professional broadcast of four men talking in a studio uh, for your Thursday afternoon. Lost and rewound here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Ta-ta. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, hey. Okay. So, time to get embarrassed. Time to get embarrassed. With us. It's time to get embarrassed with us. Okay. All right. I, well, we could do it one more time. I want to. Yeah.